Being the head of Venture Asheville, where they build entrepreneurs and get startups funded through three core initiatives, mentorship, financing, and events. Our guest today is now an accomplished TEDx Asheville speaker. Let's talk about it. If you want to start a business or you want to start an event or a meetup group, man, there's there's more resources and people here. They're so excited to jump in. Um, but starting something gives a vehicle for people to get involved. Greetings, leaders, and welcome to another episode of Leadership Is Podcast, Season 2, Episode 47, with my special guest, Jeff Kaplan. Jeff is the Director of Venture Asheville um, and uh, Director of Entrepreneurship at the Asheville Area Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Jeff, you know, is no stranger to Asheville's entrepreneurial scene, where he, he joins the chamber from uh, Anthroware, a local software development company, where he was a producer or, or a product owner, rather, and consultant uh, on uh, Anthroware's product development team. Captain also has been active with the Hatch Asheville Foundation planning programs and events for the entrepreneurial community and also is now, you know, a uh, newly uh, TEDx Asheville speaker. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Jason. Thrilled to be here with you. Yep, absolutely. So besides, you know, what I just said there about you, can you, you know, let our audience know, you know, who you are and what mm -hmm. you do? Um, I've, I've been going by the brand. Let me know how you feel. I haven't shared this one, shared this one with you yet. How do you feel about the Appalachian Jubin? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, tell us more about I that. Used, I used to joke and tell people, like, I'm just an anxious Jew from Miami. Um, but I really, want, I've really gotten comfortable here in Southern Appalachia. That's really part of my identity. Um, now I, uh, I grew up an immigrant, Cuban immigrant, Jewish Cuban immigrant family in Miami. Um, Stayed in Florida for a long time. Went to University of Florida for my undergraduate, master's degrees. Um, academically, I'm an academic entrepreneur, so I got my master's in in that, and with a background in education and, and teaching as well, I ended up getting really like sucked into the entrepreneurial development side of of academia, which is a lot of fun. You know, things like student incubators and business plan competitions, all that great stuff. Um, and then from there, really wanted to work in startups. We had this program um, at school at Florida called the Entrepreneurial Lecture Series. It was an amazing course. So every Monday, you got an email, uh, which is almost like part of a memoir. You get this like insight, uh, this first-person narrative of an entrepreneur, a really successful one, at an inflection point in their career or their business. Um, and it basically sets you up with like an oh crap moment. And you got to figure out what would you do in that situation. You have till Wednesday to reply. You send over your emails to the program director. He, his name is Jamie. Jamie Kraft would send them on to that entrepreneur. And then Friday, they would come to class and call you out and talk to you about what you said in, in your in your lecture series. Uh, it's what you said in their response. And that was a lecture series. So every Friday for, for two years, I mean, it's just incredible. And, and the entrepreneurs I really connected with, the ones I really looked up to and, and saw as role models or wanted to learn more about, they all started in sales. Every single one of them, their first job was sales, and then, then they became founders and CEOs. So leaving Gainesville, I wanted to work for, I wanted to work in a startup, in tech, in sales, and I got that experience in Charlotte. Um, my wife and I always wanted to live in Asheville. Um, she's a veterinarian, uh, which is a much smaller and tighter job market than you know being an entrepreneur, um, where all you have is opportunity. Veterinarians have limited opportunities, 
And so it took us, you know, a number of years to finally have an opportunity to move to Asheville. Um, but that's how I got here, uh, doing a lot of startups, very little corporate experience, lots of nonprofit experience, lots of education experience, and, um, you know, building really, really early stage companies, like idea to go to market stage. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. So how has your, um, you know, your uh, being at the helm of the directorship uh, at Venture Asheville, how has that been going for you? What, what are you guys involved in uh, lately? I can't complain. Um, <laughs> things are good. Uh, working in Asheville, man, it's with entrepreneurs, it's a riot. You know, we get these really passionate, interesting, smart people that, you know, very much see themselves as part of the solution to our, to an over-dependence on leisure and hospitality and retail jobs. The folks we work with, you know, they're, they're doing knowledge-based work, high-paying rates, high-paying jobs, creating net new jobs in Asheville. And it's, um, it's just a blast to work with these folks. Um, we're, 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 we're a public-private partnership between the city, the county, and the Chamber of Commerce. That's what makes the Economic Development Coalition. And so my lane in all that is the high-growth startups. So not just anyone starting a business, but people starting high growth ventures, you know, people that want to really scale and could be, you know, can you see it in a nationwide store? Could it be a tech platform if people download their phones anywhere in the world? That's where we define high growth. It's really, really scalable. Um, and how's it going? Um, you know, we, so those metrics we report back to the city and county are based on revenue, jobs, salaries, and investment raised. And uh, to date, we've created... Um, I shouldn't say we created, we've mentored about 70 companies, you know, for a year to two years of their life cycle and in under our mentorship, not when they graduate, but while they're with us, those companies have created something like 285 jobs at an average salary of 60, 67,000 a year. Um, they've raised over $30 million in investment and earned 80, 85 or 88 million in revenue. So when you look at the, the size of our organization and the budget we have, the economic output for our community, it's, um, it's just an insane, hugely exponential ROI for the community to have Venture Asheville here. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Okay. So tell me this, um, as it relates to, so we're going to move a little bit here, um, mm -hmm. away from the, the Venture Asheville, I, you know, well, before we do, though, is how can a person get involved uh, with Venture Asheville? Yeah, great. So and there's so many people moving to Asheville, right? And I wonder, Jason, if you're, when you ask your guests, you know, how long have you lived in Asheville and how many are less than five years? But um, we, see, we see so many people moving here and they all say, how do we get involved? What can I do? And I tell folks, the best way to get involved is to start something. Like if you want to start a business or you want to start an event or a meetup group, man, there's there's more resources and people here, they're so excited to jump in. Um, but starting something gives a vehicle for people to get involved. So like we got these two guys came into our mentor program, Rick and Ben, and they started AVL Digital Nomads as a meetup group. And within six months, they had over 300 members in that group. Every month they're getting together for happy hours and lunches and social activities. These are all people who work digital jobs, work from anywhere in the world. They happen to be in Asheville. Six months, 300 members, nuts, right? So this is yeah. a really good example of just start something. So we work with people as um, investors, entrepreneurs, and mentors. So if you want to start a business, you get into our mentor track. Um, 
and we have programs and events for you. If you want to mentor, we have a really distinct uh, structured mentorship program called Elevate based on MIT's venture mentoring system. We've used that for a number of years. Or if you want to invest and you want to get involved by cutting checks, you know, we've got two investment groups you can get involved in right away. So those, that's how people get involved. Everything's on our website, VentureAsheville.com. Very good. Very good. So you recently um, did the, um, the TEDx Asheville. You did. Yeah, congratulations Thanks, on man. that. Thanks, it was great. Yeah, so great experience. We'll see. We'll see what people think of the talk is like. But I thought it was a great experience. Yeah, so share something. <laughs> Jury's about out on the talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could, you know, Jeff, share something about your experience, and mm -hmm. you know, how can people actually get to listen to uh, the the actual talk that you did as well? So I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it to get live on the TED website. I check it a couple times a day um, because <laughs> I reference research in my talk. Um, yeah. TEDx is doing its diligence and they're basically fact-checking what I said, um, which is fine. I didn't say anything crazy. I talk about some of the research I did at University of Florida with my mentor, Dr. Mike Morris. I talk about research we're doing right now on the entrepreneurs in our program regarding their self-efficacy, their, um, their views of uh, competencies, self-assessments for entrepreneurship of, of the founders themselves. And uh, that's what my talk's about. But the process, um, you know, I came in not knowing how the talk was going to end. So mm. back in August 2020, um, I received some really nasty anti-Semitic death threats from from a former chamber member. And I work for the chamber. Mm. And um, this guy's bad dude. Right? He was cyber-stalking my wife. He's got 27 previous criminal charges. When you look him up on social media, you find things like posts about racism and bigotry and hatred, praising a mass shooter. Um you know, so anti-Semitism was not a surprise or out of the norm for what we expected from this guy. But the um, very direct anti-Semitic death threats were. So anyway, going through, gosh, took a year and a half or more to get this guy brought to justice and get a sentencing um, and a guilty plea out of him. And in that time, I really was, was really struggling, like physically. You know, I was having, um, I need my doctor to explain to me I was having a series of panic attacks and anxiety attacks. Um, I need to hear it from my doctor because those feelings were familiar. They weren't as intense as they had been. Um, but I felt it all the time at work and I felt it all the time as an entrepreneur, but I couldn't admit that I was having panic attacks and anxiety in my startup because my fear was that meant I was less of an entrepreneur. No, I have no problem connecting existential threats against my life to panic attacks. That seems really reasonable, right? But I mm. couldn't admit as having the same problems trying to run a company. Um, again, that was intense and not to downplay the severity and seriousness of it. But you know, I've worked with, I, I'm trying, I was trying to count it up for this TED talk, over 2,000 entrepreneurs in my career as an educator, a mentor, and a coach. Um, all of them, every single one feels some degree of that panic and anxiety, that imposter syndrome, that doubt, that, doubt, that um, fear, um, doubting their self-worth and it always comes back to external pressure, whether it's from, yeah. you know, from society, from groups like venture Asheville, from going on social media and seeing your competitor just raise a big round of fundraising and what we consider to be a successful entrepreneur. And so that's where I started the talk. Um, we do an assessment on our entrepreneurs called the E13, T H E E one three.com, the E 13.com. And we found that our, our founders and founders all across the state of North Carolina, um, they have different strengths, 
but they all have the same weakness. They're all, every single one of their lowest scores is in self-efficacy, which is the way you affect others and others affect you, your sense of doubt, your sense of self-worth. And so that's how the talk started, right? It's like, we've got this big problem. I'm not really sure what to do to solve it. I got here that I, in a way that I couldn't have seen before without going through this experience. But based on this experience and what I've had to go through to you know, get out of my, my funk, um, and for me, the spoiler alert here is, it was in studying uh, Stoic philosophy and Zen Buddhism and Benray Bound and Tony Robbins. And what really, really works for me is uh, Stoic philosophy, which dictates uh, you concentrate on changing the things within your control and accept things you can't control. You make them irrelevant. They don't matter. You just focus on what you can control. You remember your cans. Don't worry about your cans. Yeah. Um, anyway, so like, Maybe we can use some of that philosophy into how we build better entrepreneurs. Um, that's the big question. And the talk follows things we've done in Venture Asheville to change the way we develop entrepreneurs in really kind of unconventional ways. And the results are paying off. Again, you heard those metrics in the beginning of the talk. We're, we're doing, we're doing, we're punching way above our weight by not focusing on outcomes and instead focusing on entrepreneurs' journeys, developing these people into the best versions of themselves, hoping that, you know, well-grounded, centered entrepreneurs entrepreneurs can be great leaders and lead great teams. And those great teams create great companies that are profitable and do well, that end up being really acquirable or end up being really investable, which again, yeah. those are our metrics. So instead of chasing the metrics, let's put our focus on building the people into the best versions of themselves. Let the metrics speak for themselves. Okay. Yes, sir. So and that's what your, uh, your TEDx was, was all about there. That's right. That's um, and right. So that's that sounds like that's going to be an awesome. Uh, <laughs> I awesome hope so. <laughs> piece of our conversation there. Um, so as it relates to leadership, which is this podcast, you know, leadership uh -huh. is, you know, what is your definition of leadership? And then can you give us three leadership tips mm -hmm. uh, based on that definition? Yeah. So uniquely, right, the entrepreneurs we work with by default, they're all leaders. I don't think all entrepreneurs are leaders, but mm -hmm. those we work with because they're founders of companies, they're all leaders. Um, you know, even if they're small teams, they're still leading somebody, leading something, building yeah. something new in the market. So I think, you know, you could replace, we work with entrepreneurs, we work with founders, we work with leaders. So I think the definition of leadership, speaking from the perspective, like I'm thinking of my founders, right? That person, like their definition is like their job is to help the people they work with live into their full potential. Mm. I think that's the role of a leader. No matter what position you find that person in or whatever position you hire them for, we've all seen people like this get they get hired for a job. And if you want in, you know, they're struggling, they change positions and they're thriving. And I think that's part of helping people live into their full potential, whether it's at work or a church or a synagogue or your baseball team or, you know, no matter what setting it is, a leader is a person who's supposed to set you up for success to help you live into your full potential. Hey, Jeff, you know, um, to your point, uh, absolutely, I agree 100 percent, because if you look up, you know, job titles, you, you won't find leader as a job title. Right. You'll find, you know, uh, managers, uh, team lead, uh, supervisor or like you say, you know, coach, uh, teacher, right, pastor and all, all of this kind of, uh, you know, you find those adjectives. But you won't find leader. And, but again, you can find leaders in those positions. Sure. So yeah, I'll bear witness to what you're saying. So as to the, the three tips, I think it all follows um, 
helping people live into their full potential. And I think, you know, more realized, self-actualized people are better at this for companies, but for their families and for society as a whole to make good neighbors, you know, all kinds of, all kinds of benefits come from, um, everyone needs somebody who's going to believe in them and help them be the best version of themselves. So right. for that, I think those three tips follow that theme. Um, so now I'm going to switch from the, the leader's perspective to the in this case, workforce example, okay. the employee. And that the tip is, I think every leader should remember what it's like to be an employee, to remember mm. the outsized impact, small statements or glances or trivial things to the very busy leader who's running in and out of a building, what every one of those instances has on the employee. So when you're an employee and you see the CEO walking through, you know, you sit up straighter, you tighten up, you know, your, your, your interest is, is certainly perked, right? Right. When you're the CEO, that's just one more face you're, you're running through in the building. Like, yeah, you wish you could spend more time with that person, get to know them, but you got to go. You got things to do. You got to keep this place, the lights on, right? So remember the outsized impact every one of your interactions has on all of your employees. Um, so following that one, tip two, really try to be even keeled. So because you have outsized impact, you're having a good day, you're having a bad day, you're in a good mood or a bad mood, or you're fired up or you're disappointed, your employees are going to notice. Everyone is going to notice. So the more even keeled you are day in, day out, the more steady and rock solid you appear to be, um, that, that's actually going to breed confidence. I'm not saying you shouldn't be, have highs and lows. I think everyone does. But you know that should be 10 to 20% of the time. 80, 90% of the time, your employees got to see a rock solid person who believes in them, who's going to build them up and build the company up. And then uh, third tip for leaders is to listen before you speak. So we expect mm -hmm. leaders to have all the answers and know what to do. I mean, maybe sometimes in certain settings, but in working with teams or the employees, you know, your job initially is to absorb information and not be a sponge, but be a sieve, you know, let the waste fall through and hang on to the good bits, like separating the wheat from the chaff, right? So you listen before you speak, you synthesize information and provide direction, but you're not supposed to be doing the work. So if, you, if your people believe in you and you believe in them and you're building them up, they're going to do the work, you know, to meet or exceed your expectations. Very good, Jeff. Very good. Thank you so much. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to, any closing comments and contact information, how people can get involved once again uh, with uh, Venture Asheville um, and, and, you know, any of that? Look, if, if you're starting a business or you have a big business and you want to do anything from uh, get mentorship, so we do a monthly event called a pitch party where it's open mic night for entrepreneurs to get up there and you get one minute to say whatever you want. If that sounds like a fun thing to do, you know, look us up. We're doing lots of events like that all year long. Some are virtual, some are in person. Um, we're really active in building the capacity of the ecosystem. So it's not just building entrepreneurs up, but making sure they have the resources or events or co-working space, whatever they need. Um, that's our job. So if, if there's a need in the market, if you've even identified, hey, our community really needs blank, let me know. We're here to serve entrepreneurs and, and make sure they can succeed. So I want you to know we're, we're open. We're always listening. We want to hear what you have to say and, um, you know, help people again, you know, live into the best versions of themselves through entrepreneurship. 
Very good. So, Jeff, do you have to be a member of the chamber or even a member of Venture Asheville in order to take advantage of these resources that you have? No, you don't. So it, it, it's, it's a free like Elevate, for example, is a free program. If you live in Buncombe or Haywood County, those are our funders. You get free access. If you don't live in the county, we can figure out a way to work with you. Maybe you do have to join the chamber in that instance. Um, but again, we see this as building our future. So if we're doing a good job building our entrepreneurs and building uh, a culture of stewardship, paying it forward in them now, our entrepreneurs today, they're going to be our elected officials tomorrow. They're going to be our wow. philanthropists tomorrow. Yeah. So I see this as investing in our future by making it free, by making it accessible and inclusive to anyone and everyone. And, you know, um, you know, Jason, like any business, any, any entrepreneur I've ever met remembers their first sale. They remember the people who helped them out in the beginning, the people who, who believed in you when no one else did. Yeah. Never, ever, ever forget those people. Yep, that's right. Um, I mean, even the two businesses, three businesses I've started, I remember those first ones so clearly. Um, I can picture them. I, I can remember their names, whatever, right? Because I'll contact them. Um, I think that's our job for entrepreneurs here in town. That as you get big and we don't, if we, if we do our job, you're a better business, creating jobs, being better for Asheville, that when it's time to be philanthropic or time to join the chamber when it makes sense to, that you're going to join at a high level or you're going to contribute as much as you can um, to help continue building, uh, paying it forward, that culture of stewardship. Very good. Jeff Kaplan, director of Venture Asheville and uh, recent uh, TEDx Asheville speaker. Thank you so much for being our guest today on Leadership Is Podcast. Thank you, Jason. It was a pleasure. Hey, thank you for enjoying another episode of Leadership Is Podcast with my special guest, Jeff Kaplan, the director of Venture Asheville. And he gave us three excellent leadership tips. Number one is remember what it's like to be an employee. Remember what it's like to be an employee, you know, coming from a leadership perspective. Number two is try to be even killed, right? Not one way all the time, but try to be even killed. And number three is to listen before you speak, which is a golden, golden rule. Listen before you speak. Thank you, Jeff, for these excellent tips. Here at JM Leadership Development, our primary goal is to assist your organization to fill or build your leadership bench. If you would like to have a conversation about what that looks like, do not hesitate to reach out 828-333-7234 or you can send us an email thejasonamohammed at gmail.com and we will respond promptly. And always remember, leadership is influence and service.